Welcome to Indigo Tent, podcast number 14. There are constant transitions in our life, and inevitably we will reach a time to say goodbye to a place, an idea, job, pattern, or person. In a way, the idea of letting go is like experiencing a loss. How do we handle that loss? How do we cope with the myriad of emotions, determination, grief, sadness, reminiscing, moving forward, etc.? All of these can become a beautiful or necessary transformation from what was to what will be. Join us in the Indigo Tent for a conversation about letting go with grace and dignity. Hi, Wendy. Welcome to Texas. Hi, Zella. It's so nice to be visiting again. Right. And the circumstances are unusual, and we'll, we'll get into that. But this podcast, we're going to talk about change and loss and transformation. And it, when I think of change right away, I think of moving because that was the big event in my life in 2019, early 2020. Changing homes after 25 years, that was a big deal. That was. And the day that we closed on the house, I know I've talked in the, pod, the previous podcast about buying the house and and the, and blessing you. Yeah, and, and right. <laughs> As the occupant. Right, that was fun. But um, since then, we sold the other home, and I was the one to meet the couple and give them the keys because we ended up selling the house ourselves without a realtor. And um, so I met them. Um, I got there early because I wanted to have some time in the home alone before before they showed up. And Gary was working, so it was just me, myself, and I. And I walked through the house, and it's where I raised my boys, Matthew, Christopher, and Zachary. And Lots of memories. So many memories. Memories of you and I having wonderful times at, at my home, um, various events. We, we did a yoga retreat there. We had several parties and did some dancing there. We and... <laughs> did out on the deck, and I walked way out. We, the The home was on an acre of woods, and I walked out to the back forty, as we used to call it, <laughs> and um, looked at that view one last time. the The meadow and the the feeling of even though it was in the middle of the city, I've had my own little piece of land, and it was a lovely experience, and saying goodbye, saying goodbye, realizing that I wasn't saying goodbye to the memories, but I was saying goodbye to a face and a portion of my journey. And yeah. that was hard. And I, then the guy shows up, his wife didn't, didn't join us, just the guy shows up and I give him the keys and I had the ugly cry. And he had this look on his face like, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it was awkward. Oh, female crying, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, a change of place. That's that's definitely a transformation. Yes, and I would imagine even though you're looking, f you know, you you've thoroughly enjoyed your time in your new place, there's still a part of you that's left there. It is, and and wanting to go back because I still have friends in the neighborhood, and wanting to see this sweet couple that has moved in and that is now calling my little piece of heaven, calling it home. Yeah, and, and to think about them creating the kinds of memories, the joyful memories, the happy memories, and probably a few not-so-happy ones. Right, but, difficult you know, times. Just, just taking that, that place 
and building their own memories there to right. continue embracing life mm -hmm. and and learning to let go yeah because who knows what they left behind mm -hmm. and but yet at the same time you know do we focus on what we left behind or what we're moving toward where we're going and where we're going right that's that's part of a lot of my life too is is being raised in the military we were always moving you know every one to three years and then for no intentional reason as an adult i've ended up taking different jobs and and moving around every three to five years in my adult life too and so yeah you learn very uh, early on that as as you're moving it's it's more helpful to look forward it gotta be <laughs> instead of backward right right because <laughs> some moves are good and some moves are not and but they're they're always moving so you know you either move with or you don't right <laughs> fall in yeah and you know this talking about this topic i i think also how probably even more so in our our ancestral past but even today you know there's like a change of seasons and and i'm going to be a little little honest i love florida where i live in january through may <laughs> short time span it's really it's wonderful weather i feel like i can be out more it's not so humid and then you know june hits and it sucks the breath out of you <laughs> and the humidity hits <laughs> and i jokingly say yes and then i go into hibernation <laughs> right and so you know it's like even though i know that this is part of the cycle of life and the cycle of seasons and each one each season is for a reason it's still it's sometimes it's just really hard to want to let go of that beautiful cool weather right something so pleasant yeah and then to have to think about walking outside in all this humidity where i just can't breathe right <laughs> it's yeah it's it's silly yet at the same time there's something very profound about it and and if we think about our ancestors they had rituals and ceremonies for recognizing the transition between the seasons. Right, like we talked about in our last podcast with the Maypole dance, welcoming spring and all its fecundity. <laughs> yeah, so it's, you know, it's important to embrace, I guess, but then also try to find the reason or the purpose or the, the, the better, whatever it is, reason for the next season for the transition yeah and and in that we may not be just talking about literal seasons of the of outdoors but also the seasons of our own life right and what happens with relationships or as we all know we are on the tail end of the pandemic and the coronavirus we're no longer in lockdown but that was a huge shift in globally it was a shift in how we lived our freedom 
was taken away from us and we had to transform into people. A lot of you had to homeschool um, listeners. <laughs> Wendy and I did not. Our children were grown and gone. But as, as former teachers, we, we sure felt for you because we know that teaching is not easy. And so you not only could not come and go as you pleased, but you suddenly had to educate your children have yet another job on your hands. <laughs> right. So that was a huge transition, a change of life, lifestyle. And then sadly, right now we're going through the, the well, the peaceful. Lots of upheaval. The, <laughs> right. Lots of upheaval. The, the peaceful protesters that are lamenting what's going on in our society and, and the, the sad um, upheaval that some people are choosing to do, which is causing more restrictions. You know, the curfews, Wendy said the other night, oh, there's a curfew back in Miami. And I thought she meant the Corona lockdown. And, and no, it's, it's what's going on in, in our downtowns all around the nation. So that is Yeah, because I was, I was about to, uh, well, I was working on scheduling a flight back to Miami and I'm thinking, oh, well, I need to make sure I get there earlier in the day so I'm home by the curfew time instead of flying in at the curfew time. So yeah, it's just lots of things to think about and, and, and will we ever be the same? And in some ways, I hope not. Right. I hope that wherever this takes us, this pendulum of, of chaos, that somehow we we find ourselves landing back in we emerge some... better people yes yeah. yes and uh you know as we think about this disruption in lifestyle um you know that's also resulted in in a permanent change in some lives um those that have been injured and hurt and and even killed in, in some, in some of the unrest. And then also in the midst of all this. And you came to Texas because there was a change in your life, a definite disruption to the pattern. Yeah, there was. Um, I was fortunate enough to spend Mother's Day with my sons in Utah. And then we got a call that my father had been um, taken to the hospital. And at that time, they weren't sure if it was COVID or if it was something else. Well, fortunately, it wasn't COVID, but it was pneumonia. And tell the listeners how old your dad was. And he's, you know, <laughs> he's 90 years old. Yeah, that plays a big factor when you... When and you're it, that old, right? And it makes it harder and harder to recover from something that, you know, is impacting your airways like pneumonia does. And in his own way, he knew. It, and I think he was ready. We may not have been quite as ready, but I think he was ready to go. So we had an unplanned trip to to Texas. Well, planned and unplanned. Right. Planned to come here to do some podcasts, but not planned to come here and, and, <laughs> and, and, and join the, the transformation of hospice. Yes. Yes. So thankfully, we were able to bring dad home back to his home and, and hospice care came and, and all my siblings got to 
be in, there together along with many of our, you know, our offspring. So at one point, all of the grandchildren got to be with him. And it was a... Uh, bittersweet. Yeah, it was bittersweet. It was, it was a blessing that we were able to be there with him, especially because in where he lived, it wasn't completely open yet. Yeah, but, the, the, that facility was very gracious to you all. And they were, yeah. Um, and so they allowed us to be able to come in and visit with, with him and, and be able to say farewell. Mm -hmm. And that's important because when we're in the midst of a transformation such as death, we need that farewell. We need that closure. Yes, you know, so while we miss him, we also respect that all that he gave us, his, his amazing legacy, his, his character, his dignity, his loyalty to his country, mm -hmm. and the example that he actually set for us right. uh, was, you know, gives us a lot to to remember him by right and then compare your mother's funeral with what you had to go through with your dad's funeral because of the coronavirus <laughs> yeah um mother was was quite a busy one in in the community and she loved with all of her heart and people loved her back and you said that the that the funeral, the actual um, funeral service was standing room only. Yeah, there was there was quite a few people that that knew how much she cared about them. So that was, you know, quite quite an honor to see how much impact she had had on the people that she knew and and cared for. And then, you know, here we are now in the. Coronaville, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, you know, my father was, was, in his own way, kind of a quiet man. And we could only have a quiet, small graveside service for him. And then listeners, so you, so you get a little bit of a picture of this wonderful man. He graduated from West Point, missed serving in World War II, by a few years, but served in Korea and Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm sure the one thing that he is regretting is he didn't get his 21-gun salute, but Yet. hopefully at some point, <laughs> right, he will. Yes, and, and we are determined to do that for him as soon as it's appropriate to, and as soon as we can schedule it, then we want to have the service that he deserves. Right. Lieutenant Colonel Guess. Yes. Yeah. Go, Dad. <laughs> And Wendy and I have been talking a lot the past few days about parents passing on. Now, my mother is still with us. She's 92 years old. My father passed away a few years ago, and he, he made it to the age of 89. And, and what I thought about at his funeral, I, I basically planned it. My mom shut down. My brother wasn't capable of, of helping. So the priest and I, um, we took my dad's um, 
memoirs. My dad had written, like dad, like Wendy's father had written um, the story of his life. So that made it kind of easy, gave the, the priest some material to work with, so to speak, right? Yeah. And um, we, we had the funeral at um, a prominent place in El Paso. But what I found interesting, um, it was a funeral home, the, the, the sanctuary or the room were, could hold uh, 200 people. And it was standing room only. There were people that had to be out in the foyer um, at my father's funeral. And um, not, to, not to go into any depth about it, but my father was a difficult man. He was, he was a good father in many, many ways, but um, he had a little bit of an anger and, and a mean streak. But um, what I noticed at the funeral is that we were all celebrating all the good things about my dad and what I realized then, my father was a school teacher, he was a football coach, and he had so many former students that were there. And my dad might not have been the best dad in the world, but he was an excellent teacher. And so many of his friends that are still alive, they they were also at the funeral. My dad played in Sun Bowls back in, in the wow. 50s. And... Um, so just to see the celebration of his life, to know all of the wonderful things that we were there to, to acknowledge, as well as to say goodbye. Yeah, and you know, even though perhaps in our own childlike way, we might have wished different types of relationships with our parents or, or siblings, at some level, we were there so that they could do what they did in the community. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. That was that was a very poignant thing for you to say because that helped me to see my dad in a different way. So so elaborate on that. Well, just being able to, by our countenance, by our submissiveness, by our whatever word you want to use. As children. As children. Uh, we probably had the right countenance where they could be maybe less than themselves at home mm. so that they could be their higher or a higher version of themselves out in the community. in the greater community yeah you're right and and do the impact that only they could do mhm yeah i met a guy um i live in the Dallas Fort Worth area and so my high school from El Paso, we have quite a few people who live here in this area, and we get together. We're the Coronado Thunderbirds, and um, <laughs> I'm um, one of my friends, Marianne Curtis. Her um, boyfriend, um, good ten years older than uh, years older than us, maybe a little bit more. But anyway, he was he was one of the first students at um, the high school that we all went to, and my father. There were so few students at this new high school that, and this is back in the day when education was really the way it should be. Um, they That's set closer up to being education, right? They set up for troubled kids to have mentors, mm -hmm. and so. So Ricky, that's his name. Ricky mentioned to me that my dad changed his life. Um, he got into some trouble, and they assigned my dad as Ricky's mentor, and. Um, it was so good to hear because all I could think of was, you mean my mean dad helped you? But but then I saw him <laughs> in a different way. Um, wow, 
my dad helped somebody to become a good and thoughtful and and determined individual. And, um, and in some small way, maybe saved his life. Right. Who maybe knows? Maybe not literally, but figuratively. Maybe. But maybe literally. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was an eye opening to to see my father through the lens of somebody else. Yes, you know when I shared on Facebook, um, some of his, my dad was also after his military became a teacher, and you know we only heard about oh teacher students you know mm -hmm. that kind of talk at home. I never really got to hear people's opinions, you know, people's reactions to my father as a teacher mm -hmm. either until just recently on Facebook when some of his students um, shared some of their memories of him and how <laughs> one student, Shauna, thank you for this. I'm going to borrow and paraphrase your what you shared, but like he helped her with geometry by by saying okay do some cheerleading jumps and um, jump wide for <laughs> one kind of triangle and jump narrow for another kind of triangle and that's you know, a teacher and, you know it worked for her brain yes and and to think that wow some you know my own dad that's beautiful he impacted somebody's life, and, and well, not just somebody, somebody's, yeah. yeah. And both of our parents, uh, my parents, your parents, they were they were all teachers, and and um, in this day and age, that's important. We 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 know teachers what you have been through trying to teach remotely, the transition, the transformation, saying goodbye to your classroom, and having to teach via Zoom, and all those teaching aids. Yeah. tools and right. pictures on the wall and all gone yeah. yeah and hoping that your students get something and knowing that i i i am troubled by this and i think that's part of the unrest which which wendy will address in a second but i i am concerned about our nation because our children lacked the last few months of school and the brain requires new information every three seconds and let's just be honest, some parents did a great job. Some were had the wherewithal, the financial, the emotional stability to, to homeschool, to take on that mantle. But the vast majority of the parents didn't have the time or the desire or the ability to do that. And, and the training. Right. And um, teaching is, is not easy um, and in difficult mm -hmm. circumstances. So we salute you parents that, that homeschooled and you teachers that continued teaching to the best of your ability we're thankful for that but um and wendy share with what what you said about the about this these um this upheaval with um the these people we've been cooped up for the past few months so you feel like oh yeah one of the things i talk about is is dealing with our emotions and in one interview, we talked about the concept of emotional constipation and that we, we, we don't know how to use deal with our emotions anyway. And then you add on top of that something like this coronavirus where there's fear, there's uncertainty, there's angst and anger and... And isolation. And isolation and loneliness and, you know, just so many emotions again, like... <laughs> we are experiencing 
but yet to cope we have we feel like we have to suppress those emotions and so they get more and more suppressed and suppressed and suppressed and then it becomes hey like constipation where at some point <laughs> gonna it's got to explode yeah. and and sadly i feel like some of what we're seeing in the news this week with all the upheaval in so many cities that in a way it, it might be a little bit of that constipational emotions um, exploding. Mm -hmm. And it all kind of really says, wow, we could do a lot more with teaching our society as a whole of what, what emotions are and the purpose of them and the message of them and, the, and how to express them in a healthy manner. Because right. as we see, you know, we do this to our sons and daughters. Don't cry. Be a man. Stop crying. Oh, you're a little girl. Oh, it's okay. Stop. It's okay. Don't cry. You know, we, we just suppress so everything. So many emotions. And then we don't teach our kids how to transform. Right. And we say the only, the only emotion that becomes accessible, ex acceptable is anger or violence. Right. And not a solution. Not a solution for the troubled times we're in. Not a solution. Yeah, so let's let's figure out some ways to be able to express ourselves in a healthier manner. Right. Which leads us to... Yes, Moments with Your Higher Self segment. So one of our listeners, Linnea, will give a shout out to you. She um, has been giving us some feedback. We've been working with a focus group and... Um, and listeners telling us um, things that they'd like to hear on the podcast. And one thing that Linnea said is that she really likes the activities that we're giving you all, the, the journal prompts or the, help me out here, Wendy. Oh, the different exercises and questions that we can questions. ask ourselves from yeah. our higher self. <laughs> right. So if you notice some of our, our um, social media posts, Wendy came up with an idea. What if you texted your higher self? And so we've been having some creativity with that, seeing what a text would look like. Um, what would you say to yourself? Um, and so in that line of thinking, and as teachers, we have come up with moments with your higher self segment. And what we want to do with these podcasts, we're trying to carefully curate activities for you. And we as educators, we know that we can teach all day, but until you apply, then it's not really taking root. And okay, so we might be the so-called experts, or we might be the, 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 two, the two sisters that decided we're on we're a gonna, journey. <laughs> we're going to do a podcast, and you all are, are with us on this journey. Um, so yeah, you've come to us and you get some ideas, but the real transformation happens when you get quiet and contemplative and you tap in to your higher self. And so that's what we are encouraging and believing that you're going to do with this, with all of our podcasts and especially this portion, this segment. So take it away, Wendy. So this segment is Moments with Your Higher Self, where we can get that reflection in or, or i.e. the homework. Yeah. 
the inside work so that your outside is better. Oh, say it again. The inside work so that your outside is better. Love it. So we've mentioned different ways that we all kind of are experiencing loss um, this year, during our lifetimes, in general. So loss of loss or change of place, loss of seasons, loss of lifestyle, uh, or change of lifestyle, and loss of family members. And those all impact us. So I would invite you all to take some time to think about you from the perspective, whether it's professionally or personally. Let's say you've got all of these emotions built up. Now we've talked about energy in motion or emotion. We have. And how we need to move that emotion. So one great way to move that emotion is just what we used to call in PE, have a walk and talk. Now for that, it was you walk with a buddy so that you're getting some exercise. For you, it might be just a walk and talk with your own self, your higher self, and just express all those feelings. You know, get talk to yourself because you divinely have access to all the answers. Amen. <laughs> talk with yourself, but, but move so that the emotions that are stuck can get out of the way and you can get the new information coming in as you continue that internal conversation. So that would be, that's, and I have to say, that's my default go-to mm -hmm. whenever I do feel stuck. Okay, i got to go on a walk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even in the humidity in Florida. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it happens. And then when we're talking about some of these other, maybe a change in job or a change in location, then... It's a really cool idea to think about who you might be in 10 years mm -hmm. or maybe even five years mm -hmm. and then write or describe yourself from that place. Mm -hmm. What did you accomplish and, and all the things you, you are known for and what kind of a legacy and, and all of that. And then for your, for your personal self, and this is the one where you really get to connect as well. And I would suggest doing this after your walk and talk. Yeah. But sit down and imagine that you had to write your own eulogy. What contributions would your higher self tell you that you've been able to make to your life and to the world around you? Mm -hmm. And we, we talked about this but um, when we were planning this podcast. We've all been to funerals, and we've all thought to ourselves, oh, gosh, I hope they say wonderful things about me. Well, forget about what others will say about you. What would, you, what would your higher self say to you? What yeah. have you accomplished in the five? Take, take it in segments, five, ten, 15. maybe 20 years if you want. Yeah. Look at it like that. And then from that perspective... When we, when we think about our lives and the impact that we may, we will, we're going to have impact on the people around us. And now we can choose what type of impact that we do want to have on those around us. That's, that's good right there. Because guaranteed we're going to have an impact. Right, right or right? wrong, good yes. or bad. Good or bad. And then when... 
there's something about the process of writing. Mm -hmm. When you see the words on a piece of paper, Mm -hmm. it also is like that energy in motion. Mm -hmm. You've put energy into that paper, and now you've taken those emotions that were cooped up inside you and allowed them to to have some space and to be, now you can look at them on that piece of paper and realize that you have other choices too, mm-hmm. right? It gives you some of that emotional distance, if you will. Right. Instead of social distance, it's emotional distance <laughs> <laughs> from from the, from those words and from all those feelings. and And that's part of how we let go and transform and transform Mm -hmm. with grace and dignity and dear listeners i challenge you to find your try these and find your own ways also of letting things go and transforming with grace and dignity yeah so to your higher self we love you take care We hope you've been uplifted by this episode. Please help us uplift others by sharing, subscribing, and reviewing our show. Join in on the conversation by adding your insights and transformations in the comment section. See you next time.